The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough to have for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to them to, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that, that, that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. During the year B cycle, which we find ourselves in for the Sunday readings, we typically read through the Gospel of St. Mark. Now, St. Mark, as you may recall, is the shortest of the four Gospels. In fact, it's about half the length of the other three. And so it would seem fitting that we would need a little bit of extra support throughout the course of the year for the Sunday Gospels uh, to be able to supplement uh, where Mark falls short. And so we do. During the year B, we have this edition, which we begin today and will continue for the next five weeks, of the insertion of St. John's Gospel, particularly the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, which is so important for us to hear as Catholics, because it's a reminder to us that what we do here every single Sunday is not something that we kind of just made up ourselves, but is something that is divinely instituted, that Jesus... As he goes today, it indicates, as is always important, the small details, that it was the time of Passover that this happens. Passover, in which the Lord comes, he provides for his people, and then, as we'll hear in the coming weeks, he will talk about how he himself will give us the bread of life, namely his flesh and his blood. And if we eat of it, we will have eternal life. It's important to recognize that it takes place within the context of the Passover because you look in the future and the Last Supper is the Feast of Passover once again, wherein the Lord Jesus actually gives us the Eucharist. So today he speaks about it. In the future, he would provide it. Always the kindness of the Lord to prepare our hearts to get ready. 
And he prepares us in a beautiful way today by drawing us into the story and asking of us to reflect upon the question that he gives to St. Philip. Now, as they go, this this huge crowd has obviously been following Jesus for a while because they don't have any more food. And there's nowhere around that actually is is, is anywhere close uh, that's, you know, necessarily it's not a booming city that they find themselves in. And yet 5,000 people have followed the Lord along with his disciples. There recounts in the gospel 5,000 men. Ancient accounts describe that there were an additional number of women and children added to that. So 5,000 minimum, probably a lot more people who were gathered there listening to Christ. He turns to Philip and he asks him a question. Where can we get enough food? Where can we buy enough food? Emphasize, where can we buy enough food to feed this crowd? He asked Philip this question because Philip is actually kind of from the neighborhood of sorts. It was the area of Israel where Philip was from. So Philip would know where the markets would be, where there would be people nearby. If there were little towns here, there scattered around where then maybe we could find some food. Maybe also he might know a good friend who could loan him some money to be able to help pay for the cost of exactly what it would be. So it's natural that the Lord turns to Philip to ask him this question. And it would be easy for Philip to try to make ends meet himself. Because who, after all, wants to upset Jesus? I mean, who wants to say, Jesus, we can't do that. You want to try to make it work. We often try to make things work. And this is the message that the Lord teaches us this weekend. And he teaches us in the words of St. Philip and his response. He says, Lord, there's no way we can buy enough food for this crowd. 200 days wages wouldn't even be a start. It's not even an appetizer. There's no way that we can do this. There's no amount of food that we can go buy to feed this crowd. Now we recognize that, as St. John says, Jesus asked the question of Philip to test him. And I think the question, I think the answer of Philip is the right one. It's the recognition that, Lord, I could try to make ends meet, but they're going to fall short. I can pull from the resources that I have. I can call upon the people that I know. I can do all kinds of things, but Lord, I still can't do this. I can't do what you ask. I can't allow, I can't find food and buy it for this crowd. Implicitly in that is the recognition that the Lord has to do something. That it's Christ who has to come and to fulfill whatever is being asked. In a sense, we recognize that what Jesus is asking Philip, he's kind of asking of all of the, all of the disciples. The test is, do you understand what's happening before your eyes? Do you understand who I am yet? Again, they've seen many things, but do they understand that he is the Christ? And this is part of the test. And Philip, we can see, begins to respond correctly. Andrew brings a boy forward and he becomes an instrument of Christ's miracle, but he doesn't necessarily even get it himself. We know that God has increased food in the past. We hear that in the prophet Elijah today, in Elisha the prophet, as he comes and he says, Put the food before the people, knowing good and well that it wouldn't be enough, but that the Lord would provide, and there would be some left over. A foretelling of what Christ would eventually do himself. 
So they know the stories, but they still, Andrew at least, has some doubt in his heart. He says, we've got this boy who has got five loaves and two fish, but we might as well not even have that with this crowd. And the Lord simply looks at him and says, have the people recline. <laughs> and Andrew, I'm thinking, is probably going, okay. 5,000 people, five loaves, two fish. Yeah, that should cut it, you know. And yet, they all recline. And they begin to pass out the bread and begin to pass out the fish. As much as any individual would like to eat. So the buffet comes and they all eat to their fill. And 12 wicker baskets are left over. The abundance of the Lord's blessing is incredible. But it hinges upon the reality and the recognition that Philip nor any of the other apostles could do it themselves. It has to be Christ. It's an important starting point for us because as we come in, as we go through the course of our daily life, we experience a countless number of things which we can try to take for ourselves to be able to, to, to be able to fix things ourselves. And the thing that I think every single one of us tries to fix the most is us. <laughs> we can try to fix the things in the world around us. We'll work on this side or the other thing. Sometimes we'll try to fix our kids or grandkids or parents or, you know, whatever other kind of relations, friends that we have. We can try to help them in various ways to fix certain problems. But the one that we often come back to the most is ourselves. And every one of us has, as they call, the God-shaped hole in our heart. This place that only God himself can fill. It's the place where the Lord comes and he says, can you fill this? Can you, can you find enough things? Can you buy enough food to fill this place in your heart? And the temptation for us is to go, I think I know. <laughs> I think I know how to fix this, Lord. I think I know how to fix this longing in my heart. And we can go and we can do all the things in the world around us. But ultimately, the right answer is, Lord, I can't. And you alone have to fix me. You alone have to fill this place in my heart that longs to be filled. But too often we try to do it ourselves. It can happen in a whole variety of ways. Sometimes we try to fill the hole in our heart with good things. We know that God wants to fill us. God wants to bless us. But sometimes we use God as a, a, a sort of self-help tool rather than a person into which we are called to relationship. If we go to Mass the right number of times, if we say the right prayers, if we do this right meditation, if we just do the, if I find that right spiritual reading book, then, then I'll have peace. If I just do the right retreat, if I go to this right program, if I, if I do this, that, or the other thing of God, if I just do that, then I'll have peace. Sometimes we'd go in the opposite direction and we seek the bad things. Just one more drink, and then I'll be happy. Just one more time of abusing the drugs, then I'll be happy. Various other addictions, pornography, gambling, and so forth. Just one more time, and then, then it'll be it. Then I'll find the peace that I desire. More often than not, it's the things in the middle ground that we choose. Just a little bit more work. Just a few more hours. Just a few more minutes. How many times I've said that in the office? Just a couple more minutes. Just one more thing. 
Just a little bit more money. If I just had that raise. If I just, if I just, if I just. In so many ways, we try to take the things of the world, good, bad, and otherwise, and bring them into ourselves, hoping and praying that if I just do this thing, then I'll be filled. And what Christ shows us in the gospel is to the extent that we go out and we continue to try over and over and over again to find that thing that will fill us, we will come back empty every single time. Because we're not created for the things of this world. We're not created for this world at all. We're created for God. We're created for heaven. And it's only that that will fulfill us in its entirety. Certainly we can have happiness in this life, and I pray God we do. There should be a sense of fulfillment in so many ways as we go through the course of our days because it's a sign of we're on the right path. But always, always within our hearts, there is that little longing that's not yet filled. And that's the place for Christ. It's a place where Christ wants to come to be with us. He allows that space to remain empty for this brief life that we experience as a way of continuing to draw us to himself. Always to be hungry in spirit, looking for that thing that will bring us peace. And this is what he gives. You and I are just the same as the thousands of people that were there in the gospel. People who were looking for something. Who had probably tried countless ways of prayer. Countless meditations. Who had busied themselves about work. Who had lived their lives indulging in the things of the flesh. Thousands upon thousands. Who whenever they hear the words of Jesus, they recognize that this man is different. This one is different. That little space in their heart begins to have a little bit more fullness to it. And they recognize that if they continue to stay in his presence, it will remain that way. And ultimately, they will be filled in the end. And so Christ calls us the same. To come here. To the holy altar of God. To hear his voice spoken in the scriptures. To see... With our own eyes, he himself, who worked miracles, worked another miracle on this altar. Not the miracle of the feeding of 5,000 people, but the filling of our soul with he who is life itself. And he invites us to trust. He poses to every single one of us that continuous question. Can you buy enough to fill your soul? May God grant us the wisdom and the grace today to recognize truly that the answer is no. And to do exactly as Philip said, there's nothing that I can buy to gain everything. And so we simply turn to Christ. We allow him to feed us. We allow him to nourish us both in body and in spirit. And we look forward to the day where he fills us entirely with himself in the glory of the kingdom.